Welcome back, friends. Here we are. I would say happy Sunday. Yeah, happy Sunday. You're going to be listening to it on a Sunday. So happy Sunday. Yes, it will come out on a Sunday. <laughs> happy Sunday to you. Hope you had a great weekend. Um, today, we are reviewing Somewhere in the Dark by RJ Jacobs. And um, I'm super excited about this. So RJ Jacobs reached out to us and was so, so kind and said, I would love to send you my book. And I said, yes, please, because who's gonna say no to that? And then we read it and now we're gonna review it. And I'm so excited. Yes, it's gonna be very interesting. So it's like a psychological thriller, murder mystery type of book. That seems to be our genre of choice because we have done a lot of books like that. And I'm sure we will continue to do books like that in the future. I also realized we don't introduce ourselves every episode. So for any new listeners, my name is Melanie and this is KP. So um, yeah, that's who we are. We, this is, I'll just give a brief synopsis of us. So we started a book club back in college in UCF um, at UCF. I don't know what year it was like 2015 and before then. And during this whole like quarantine thing, we decided to bring it to life as a podcast for you guys. So we just read books and then review them. Um, We have an Instagram page, Literary Ladies Pod, where you can send us book recommendations and we will add them to our list because we've got a very long list going. Our goal is to read 50 books this year. So we're trying our best to reach that. (laughs) And we're going to reach that. We are going to reach that. We Um, can do this. Do you want to give a little synopsis about the book? Sure. Yeah. So the book was about um, this young woman named Jessie, who um, we kind of find out throughout the book has some issues. She grew up in like a kind of a troubled environment and she becomes obsessed with this um, country duo and it's kind of a story, a, a murder mystery type about something that happens to them. Ooh, okay, so we have, um, let's see, nine questions that KP wrote because she's so great at writing uh, book themed questions. <laughs> so she, she wrote these for us. So I'll actually ask you the first one since you okay. wrote them. Um, when we are introduced to Jessie, we learn a bit about her past. What do you make of her time in the closet and how it shaped her becoming a functioning adult? So I think that she definitely had a delay in development because she, it was mentioned in the book that she didn't talk to anyone for a year in the closet. When Whenever someone would come in and visit her, I don't think she actually spoke to them. And so I think there was definitely a delay in her development um, because of that. She also throughout the book couldn't really come up with words. She would like try to describe how she was feeling but she couldn't come up with the word for it. So I think that had to do with that too. Um, But I was like really impressed that she went through all that and she was 19 and she had an apartment and a job and was like living like a normal person and had a car. Like I thought that was like very impressive. Yeah for her to be like that successful, um, having gone through that and going to jail, which we'll later talk about. Yep, for sure. Um, I actually talked to KP about this before because it's just like incredible to think that in this 19 years that she's been alive, like she spent um, 
that complete year, like in total isolation, other than her foster family, like bringing her batteries for her CD and whatnot, or CD player, <laughs> batteries for her CD. <laughs> um, but it had like such a profound impact on her ability to interact in like social settings, people touching her, like coming near touching her um, was a big issue throughout the book. Um, when that coworker of hers, like was interested in her, I guess, and wanted to hang out. I forget what his name was. Started with an M. Uh, Malik? Yeah, something like that. But yeah. she like didn't really do anything about it till the end, which was kind of a cool ending. I really liked the ending. Yeah. Um, but just like cognitively, her development overall was like so impacted by this year. And along with being like shuffled between all these different foster homes, like it's easy to see how um, her development, even after getting out of that situation was stunted. But like you said, she now has a job and has a car and has this place where she lives by herself. And, um, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with her, you know, seeing this therapist regularly that she does. I'm sure that helped her like know what to do, how to progress in life when she likely didn't know like, oh, what are my next steps as an adult going into the world? <laughs> Yeah, true. I didn't even think about the whole people not touching her thing. That was talked about so much in the book. And every time she talked about it, I was like, can people just like not touch her? Like, this is like not that hard. Like, just don't touch someone that's not yourself. Like, it's like kindergarten all over again. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that the author really like did a good job portraying her emotions in this book because everything she was like going through I felt like when she was anxious in the book I was like oh I can understand why she would be anxious about this because yeah for sure of everything that she went through mm -hmm. so yeah I also put that I think that her um what did I put her amazing hearing that she developed while being in the closet really helped her later on to solve the mercy the murder mystery spoiler alert it was solved <laughs> thank goodness what a cliffhanger that would have been if it wasn't <laughs> can you imagine we get to the end of the book and it's like we did it <laughs> i would be so pissed <laughs> all right um question number two uh the incident that sent jesse to jail the first time is vaguely talked about in the beginning of the book what did you think that she did at first so I with this question like um you know and anyone who has listened to our past episodes sometimes I have trouble recalling facts from books um I blame that on my ADHD but um was it not said specifically why she went that she was like kind of stop like stalking these people or they they talked about it but they didn't go into specific detail so they talked about it. So she stabbed someone at a concert mm -hmm. after they had touched her. Mm -hmm. Don't touch people, my people. And um, yeah, but they like kind of caught on to her stalking and she ended up stabbing someone. 
Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So I put um, that you kind of hear about things like this all the time where there will be these fans of celebrities that get lost in this like overbearing obsession with them and um, end up hurting them in some way or hurting themselves in some way. And I specifically referenced the Christina Grimmie tragedy that happened because that was a very similar instance where she had this fan that came and unfortunately took her life um, in Orlando. And I was just imagining something kind of like that where Jesse felt like she was the only one that could, you know, uh, like these celebrities. And um, when she like found out that wasn't the case, it was kind of like a lash out kind of moment, even though it had a lot to do with the person touching her, like you said, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's funny that you brought up Christina Grimming because I was just thinking about that. Yeah, even after that happened and um, that whole weekend took place, which her murder was like very overshadowed because the Pulse nightclub shooting was the next day. So the news wasn't really talking about how she got murdered by a fan in Orlando because the Pulse shooting was also in Orlando. Um, but after when his friends and family were interviewed, he, they would say like he thought he was in a relationship with her. Like he thought he was dating her and he, which that's like, obviously he had some mental illness where he like thought that he knew her. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the case with Jesse where she thinks like, oh, I know these people because they're yeah. the voices I heard for a year in this closet. Right. And she continued that obsession where she bought all those things offline that belonged to them. So I feel like you can get to this point where you know, like every single thing about these celebrities because their entire lives are just put out there for you. So you almost do feel like you know them or are on this personal level with them. Yeah. Um, the only thing I really wrote for this question was that I thought that maybe she like broke into their house because that seems to be like the most common like stalker type thing to happen mm -hmm. in real life. Um, but I wasn't sure, but I knew she like obviously did something to the James family mm -hmm. to get in that situation. Right. Um, so our next question, when Jesse saw Owen and Shelly at the Peterson's party, how do you think she should have reacted? What would you have done? Um, so I wrote that I kind of expected that to happen in the book. It, there, there seemed to be some sort of like buildup that they would show up. Um, I think she really did her best to hide from them and keep doing her job and not try to get caught. Mm -hmm. I don't think her intentions were ever like, oh, they're here. I'm going to go like kill them. Right. She was just trying to like hide. So she went into the garage. She went other places to kind of like just get away from them so that they wouldn't see her. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think it would have been best if she like went and told her boss about the situation and left the party immediately like she was supposed to since she had this restraining order put in place against her, right? Where she wasn't allowed to be uh, around them. Um, but I mean, if you're in her situation, like obviously you have had this obsession with them like for the better part of your life. So there's not a chance you're actually going to do that if you're in her situation. And of course, you know, there was that one part where she um, was kind of hiding and got to witness that conversation between Owen and Shelly, right? Where they got in the argument. So um, 
not that they knew she was hiding and listening to that, but <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't think that she would have done that. Like, even though it might've been like a passing thought in her mind, I don't think she could have managed to get herself out of that situation. No, probably not. Yeah. Uh, so the next question is when the Jameses hired the catering company for their party, how do you feel about how Jesse reacted? Do you think she should have told Ken the truth about what happened with them? Um, a hundred percent. Like this was her second opportunity now to say, Hey, I'm not supposed to be around these people. And like she had plenty of time to because she just kept making up these random excuses for why she didn't want to go to this party. I think your boss would understand if you had some kind of restraining order against someone that you're not allowed to go to the house <laughs> that they're going to be in. Um, so I think that she might not have, um, I think she might have told her boss the truth if she hadn't have been approached by Robert after work that one day because it seemed like she that was going to be her kind of last resort to avoid going to this party because she didn't really want to go um so if he hadn't approached have approached her I think that she probably would have told him I agree yeah I said that I think it was really easy for her just to say like I'm not allowed to work this party and just like leave it very simple and just say like I'm not allowed to be there right um, but obviously she had like so much anxiety and you could tell when she was trying to come up with all these excuses on why she couldn't work the party um, instead of just opening up to Ken. He seemed like really chill. Like, I feel like he would have been like, okay, like that makes sense. You're good. Yeah. He so was, but I didn't like how he reacted um, when he found out everything that happened at the party. I mean, I'm sure he was shocked because she should have told him, but he just acted a little like scared of her almost. Yeah. But. Well, it is kind of sketchy to not be able to like be around these people and then you're going to their house and you're not telling your boss like that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So our next question, when Robert confronts Jesse at her work, what did you think? And did it seem like he was telling the truth or not? Did you find this to be shady? And how did you feel about how he reacted once she was at the party? Um, I thought it was definitely sketchy, but I believed him. Like I thought for some reason, like, oh, like this, I don't know. Like I thought maybe they thought like, well, it's a great PR stunt great to have this girl show up at this party so when crime junkies does an episode on why you went missing i will <laughs> refer them back to this podcast episode <laughs> guys i'm live i don't know i believed him but i also thought he was like so shady but i believed him so then when she was at the party and he was pretending like he like didn't know that she was there i was like oh my god like you set her up like what the hell? Yep. No, I, it was just fishy to me from the very start. And just like him waiting in the parking lot for her until she was the very last person to come out. Like, no. And yeah. I was like, hello, this is sign number one that something sketchy is about to go down. KP, do not get kidnapped. Anyways, <laughs> but 
again, this girl had been through like Helen Beck in her life. So I don't think she really got that vibe. Like probably at first, like, Hey, you haven't seen me in this many years and I hate your guts, but come get into my car and let's have a chat, you know? Um, but she then again had this offer to go actually like meet Owen and Shelly and talk and take pictures with them. And I'm sure that was like very exciting for her and a very intriguing opportunity for her. So there was, I don't think there was any chance she was going to turn that down. No, I wouldn't. I would have gone. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like someone asking us, like, do you want to go to Taylor Swift's house and like meet her? Like in their sketchy, in their sketchy white van, (laughs) in their sketchy white van, I'd be like, yes. When do I leave? What should I pack? (laughs) Please let me know. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm just kidding. All you party people. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, All right. Next question. Uh, When Jesse is leaving the James's party after she was exposed by Robert, she runs into Finch in the street. What do you think of this? Do you think it was bold of Jesse to pull over and talk to Finch after their history? I said, first of all, I hate that man. He is scum, referring to Robert because he's terrible. Oh. Uh, <laughs> not Finch. <laughs> not Finch. Um, and then, secondly, I thought it was like really crazy that she ran into Finch. It was kind of like um, her helping out a, uh, someone in a situation that she used to be in, right? Because fin- Finch was like this foster kid and was adopted um, by this family. Um, and I thought, I really thought that this was all genuine and everything was like smooth sailing. When she dropped her off at that police station, I understood why she couldn't go in herself. I thought Finch was just going to tell them this whole story. Like I thought it was all good to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree. So I, I understand why Jesse stopped. I thought it was surprising that Finch actually got into her car, but like later in the book, we realized it's part of the grand plan of this murder. Um, I just thought it was like really nice of Jesse to be willing to take her to the police station and to help her. And she was taken advantage of, and I didn't like that. Yep. Um, so let's see, what did you make of Officer Marion and their relationship that was forming during the investigation of what happened to Shelly? Did you think he was being honest with Jesse or setting her up? So I thought I liked their relationship, their friendship. Um, well, they didn't have a friendship at the beginning, but at the end they did. But I think that he always knew that she wasn't a bad person and she was just troubled and I think he always was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt that like what she was saying was true. Um, I liked at the end of the book how it like said that they were still in touch and they like had formed this friendship. Um, yeah, I just didn't think he was like had any bad intentions with her. Yeah, I agree. And he fixed her tooth. I loved that ending of the book. That was great. I cried a little. Would not. <laughs> That was like um, emotions. Yeah, I I really liked their relationship that ultimately blossomed into this friendship at the end of the book. Um, it seems like even though they had this past, now Marion wasn't really blinded by this infatuation he had with Shelley when they were in a relationship with each other. Um, yeah. So he was seeing 
uh, Jesse now as a person and was willing to listen to and defend her other than seeing her as this person who was attacking someone that he loved in a relationship. That's ultimately why he like pounced on her and chipped her tooth at this concert because, you know, he was in love with Shelly and wanted to protect her. Um, but I think that he was totally honest with her from the very beginning, um, from that first interview. And I think Jesse could really sense that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the next question, when the killers revealed at the end of the book, were you surprised? Who did you think it was throughout the book? Okay. As soon as they said they found that limestone rock in Jesse's car, I knew that Finch had put it there. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I literally said, oh my God, out loud. That was what I wrote in my note. <laughs> um, it was like Legally Blonde where the daughter like killed the mom, um, and I think I was initially skeptical of Owen because of them fighting at the Peterson's party. And we hadn't, we didn't really know what that was about when Jesse was eavesdropping on them. Um, and then I had suspicions on Robert, but I, ne- I never thought it was Finch up until they said that about the rock being found in the car. Yeah. So I know you're, <laughs> so I read this book very like backwards. So I, I believed, not literally backwards, Okay. backwards. so I believed Jessie the whole time. Like, I thought she wasn't lying at all. I thought everything that she said was the truth. And I think they wanted us to think that she was crazy and she forgot things. And I never thought that she did. So probably like halfway through the book, I was like, I think Finch did it when she lied and said she was at a friend's house during this. And then the second occurrence when they were at the restaurant and she was pretending like she didn't even know Jesse or like she knew her, but she was the crazy stalker. I was like, this girl is like psycho. Like you got into her car, you were there the whole time. I think you killed your mom. I don't know why, but I think it was you. Mm-hmm. So at the end with the, the limestone thing was like the last thing where I was like, oh my gosh, okay, she did it. That was it. <laughs> Set in stone, pun intended. So what you were just saying really ties into the next and our last uh, question, which is what did you think about Jesse putting the pieces together of the story and essentially solving the mystery on her own? Do you think that she was a lot smarter than others would think? Yes, I think she was so smart. I think that just because she didn't like talk and communicate and have social skills, people thought she was like really dumb, but she wasn't. She put all of this together. I mean, she like broke into the Peterson's house and didn't get caught. And that was really impressive how she hid in the closet while he was in his bedroom and was there. I was like, girl, you've got like guts, like you're really going there. And um, I thought she was a lot smarter than people made her out to be. I think when the cops were talking to her, they talked to her like she was dumb. When her social worker, not her therapist, but her social worker talked to her, like she would like talk about her in front of the therapist, like she wasn't even there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is so like degrading, like this person's 19 like she's like an adult and you're like acting like she's a child yeah um 
I put that I think Jesse ultimately just felt like she needed to clear her name and convince herself that she wasn't going crazy because all that stuff was happening with Finch. Finch was lying through her teeth and saying, oh, she didn't pick me up in her car. I never was at the police. Obviously, she wasn't at the police station because she didn't go inside. But um, especially after they found the weapon in her possession and she didn't realize at first that it was in the car. She thought it was in that drawer in her house. Um, There was even that moment where she pondered like, maybe I did go into the woods and kill Shelly. Um, so I think not knowing, um, or knowing that no one else was really on her side other than officer Marion, but he already had said, you know, I can't collect evidence. I'm not on this case anymore. So she really thought that she had to do that for herself. Yeah. And I think if someone tells you so many times that you are guilty of something, you're going to start believing you actually did it, even if you didn't do it. Yeah. All the time with court cases they get the other lawyer to like interrogate the person to the point where they think they actually did the crime and they confess to it. It's crazy. Crazy. Um, So now we're at my favorite part and my worst part. Also, if you've listened to other podcasts, I don't do very well with this, Um, but it is casting actors as the characters of who we think would play them in a movie. Um, so KB came up with a list of six of the characters for us. So we're going to start with Jesse. Who did you cast as Jesse? Um, I casted Joey King. Pulling up my thing so I can Google. Oh, okay. I can totally see that. We actually did someone that looks kind of similar. Um, that's like young, um, brownish hair. So I picked Maisie Williams. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Um, she's so quirky. I like love her. mm -hmm. That's a great pick. Wasn't she in that orphan movie where she was like a 40 year old and she was in hunger games, right? No, you're thinking about the girl in hunger games. Oh, are they not the same person? No. So Maisie Williams was in game of thrones. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, you're right. So I think you're thinking of, hold on, I'm pulling it up now. Uh, Who is this chick? It's Jess. It's Jess. That's who I thought this, I I still am sticking with my pick, but that's who I thought it was when I initially saw her. Um, Isabel Furman. Oh, okay. Was the one that was an orphan. And she was in the Hunger Games. And she also would be a great pick for this. Yes, I agree. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. They look pretty similar. They really do. But we uh, like doing what with the same vibe, like a, a kind of smaller girl with brown hair, dark yeah. hair. Um, okay, so for Owen, do you want to do Owen and Shelly together? Because I kind of like pictured yeah, them as this pair. So that. who... Who did, or do you want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Okay, so for Owen, I picked Simon Baker. You're probably going to have to Google him. Yeah. I think he's Australian. Okay, love and, it. Because he's like this guy who like, yeah, he's rich, but he doesn't really want to talk about being rich. It Wasn't he in Mistresses, I think? He was in The Devil Wears Prada. Okay. Um, and for Shelly, I picked Michelle Dockery. Who's Michelle Dockery? From Downton Abbey. From Downton Abbey. 
Um, okay, I like that. Yeah, they could be like a cute because I knew they had to be a little older because Finch yeah. is pretty old enough to kill someone. So <laughs> true. <laughs> um, so I like both of your picks. I think those are solid. Thank um, you. I went with for Owen Rob Lowe. Oh, I love him so much. And for Shelly, I went with Reese Witherspoon. Oh, those are great. Yeah, those are really yeah, I feel good. Like they would be like a really cute, like Southern couple that just like makes music. Reese Witherspoon and Walk the Line. Ugh. I know, and I almost didn't put her because I was like, she was in Walk the Line. She already like did a movie like this because you know, this is real. We're really casting these folks. Yeah, we are, we are. It was a tough decision. So I didn't want to like give her another country role, not deserved. But she plays it so well. So I think that's we are. <laughs> um for Finch, who did you as the murderer, who did you cast? Um, I casted Olivia Holt. I feel like I know who that is, but I'm gonna Google it just to see. Okay. Oh yeah, she would be good. Who did you cast? I cast Bailey Madison. Oh, I know who she is. She was in like the Fosters. Yeah. Oh, I think she would be really good. Yeah. I think it kind of looks like the people that you picked, even though she was adopted. So that doesn't make sense. So never mind. <laughs> never mind. Okay, Detective Marion. I have to look up my pick for this because I don't even remember who this is. Oh gosh. Yeah, isn't that terrible? Oh, I remember now. I picked James Denton. Oh, James Denton. I don't know what that weird accent <laughs> was. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I will forever only know him from Desperate Housewives. Uh-huh. Did you ever watch that? I I have seen like the first season, so I know. Yeah, he plays Mike. Yeah like a bad guy but then a good guy but then a bad guy I don't know it was confusing <laughs> but yeah I could see that because he kind of looks like he would be like a detective yeah he's got that officer vibe yeah um so I went a little younger okay so I went with Tom Hardy oh that's a great pick because I was like I have to like pick someone that like kind of looks like they could like be a cop He's not that much younger. He's like 10 years younger. Mm -hmm. um, and then for Robert, I picked John Bernthal. John. He is Shane from The Walking Dead. I don't know if you watch The Walking Dead. I don't. It's too spooky. Oh. Oh. The spookier, the better, I always say. <laughs> um, this looks like, this literally looks like a guy I would hate if I saw him in a movie. <laughs> right that's what I that's the vibe I was going for and the character Shane he is a one to hate on The Walking Dead as well so it was perfect yeah I feel like if I saw this guy in a movie I would automatically say like oh he's gonna be the bad guy yep no offense John Bernthal <laughs> sorry for dissing your facial features who did you cast so I casted someone very controversial because he's America's sweetheart but I, I casted Tom Hanks. What? <laughs> I 
feel like he always plays someone that people like really like so I was like you know what what if we throw him into a role where he's like the bad guy you did not cast Sully as Robert (laughs) (laughs) that is terrible Uh, You know what? I think it would be a challenge for Tom Hanks to pretend like he's not a good guy. He could do it. I believe in it. Me too. I think think it would be a challenging role for him. And he could star alongside Reese Witherspoon and (laughs) Rob Lowe. So that just sounds like a great opportunity. That sounds like a great cast. Not going to lie. Yeah. I love it. Um, So overall, what would you rate this book out of five stars? Actually, you know, I wanted to ask you because I've, I've, um, we've always done like, uh, decimal, like point something. Do you want to continue to do that? Or should we just do like full star ratings? Um, it's up to you. I could do either. So whatever your heart feels, if you want to do decimals and I want to do full, we could, we could do whatever we want. I was just thinking because of Goodreads, they only do, you know, full star. So I could go based off what I rated it on Goodreads, or I could give you the actual rating that I want. Let's just do Goodreads, because okay. then everyone can see what we did. Okay. So Goodreads rating. Oh, you go first, because I asked you. Sure. So I rated it four out of five. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was really like thought provoking and I liked how much emotion it took out of me. Um, I feel like sometimes authors try to like portray emotion a lot and it just doesn't work. Like they want you to like feel the feelings that the characters are feeling but you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, With this one I did because I felt like I was like looking through her eyes at what was happening. Um, So I really liked it. I would rate it a four out of five. Yeah, I gave it the same rating, a four out of five. Um, I thought one of the reviews I read before we even read the book, just because I happened to be glimpsing through Goodreads when I was adding it to my list, was something to the effect of saying that the secondary characters should have been a little bit more developed. But I don't agree with that. I thought that the secondary characters were perfectly fine as secondary characters and that there was a lot of detail given about them. And I thought it was a great book. I would definitely recommend reading it to anyone who's listening if you haven't read it yet and just like to listen to the sound of us talk. Because <laughs> who wouldn't? Exactly. So my, my mom actually came over for dinner last night. And since I had the hard copy book, I gave it to her. So now my mom's reading it. Perfect. So stay tuned and we will hear how KP's mom likes the book maybe next episode. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, So the next book we're going to read is called Then She Was Gone, and it's by Lisa Jewell, uh, Jewell with two L's at the end. It's very particular. Um, It's another drum roll. Wait for it. It's another murder mystery kind of disappearance thriller, something of that sort. Shocking. Shocking. What will we read next? After this next book, we need to switch it up and do like a romance. Okay. We or will... like something, or maybe something historical. If you have a really good, this is a great segue into our final topic of this evening. If you have a good book recommendation that is not mystery, murder, psychological thriller, anything like that, DM us on Instagram 
Literary Ladies Pod. We post funny reading memes, so you should follow us there anyway. You can email us, literaryladiespod at gmail.com. You can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because we really like to see them. They bring smiles to our faces. We've only gotten one so far. We loved it. We gave that person a shout out because we were so excited about it. So please leave us a review. Let us know what you love. Let us know what you hate. We might cry about it, but it's fine. I mean, you know what? If the people don't like us, I don't blame them. You like what you like. So... <laughs> And it sure wouldn't be me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so if you don't like us, keep listening and maybe you'll learn to like us. There you go. Tips from KP. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for listening to Literary Ladies. We will see you hopefully next Sunday um, with our review on Then She Was Gone. Yep. Bye, y'all. Bye.